I am just so honored and privileged to get to talk with you all tonight. Um, as Mary Ashton said, I'm Holly Fakes. I am a graduate resident counselor here at Crossings and I've been here for about a year and a half and have been able to see clients for all of that time and it's been such a privilege and it's been so fun. Um, I've learned so much and I feel so thankful to be part of the team. Um, and so I do wanna give you a little bit of context of who I am and how I got to be here, how I got to be in this role, um, and just kind of my journey to counseling. So I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas, did a little time in Scottsdale, um, not, not jail time, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> you know, I was there for a couple of years and then I actually came back to Fort Worth, Texas to go to TCU, Texas Christian, go frogs. Um, I graduated with a degree in social work and it was wonderful. I learned so much and I loved that career a lot, but I started to really question if that was where I wanted to be long-term. And at the same time, as I was graduating college, I also was starting to realize that I, I loved Jesus for a really long time. I've known of him all my life, but I didn't have the knowledge of scripture that I really wanted as an adult. And as I was entering the adult world, I guess you could say. And so that's when I decided to go to the Canuck Institute and kind of take a step away and really dive into um, scripture. Um, biblical doctrine and what it looked like for me to, to understand scripture and apply that to my life. So as Mary Ashton said, that's where we became friends and it was wonderful and it was a great time. And, and while I was there, that's really when I um, started to think about discipleship ministry. Um, that's, I did discipleship ministry in college, but didn't think about it as a career field or a career path for me until I was at the Canuck Institute and started to realize that that one-on-one -on -one relationship um, was really what I desired. And I loved the idea of doing that in the context of ministry and discipleship, walking life on life, talking about scripture, um, going through life together, getting to mentor and teach also. And so I was really excited about, about doing that. And so I actually applied to be a women's director at Fort Worth K-Life. And so I was hired there. And so for a year, I got to disciple and mentor about 35 college age women. And I loved it. I loved it. I was like, yes, this is where I need to be. Um, but quickly, with I, when I was sitting with these women, a lot of them your age, I, I started to realize that in my discipleship, I was hitting a wall in, in kind of my effectiveness and in, in that we were talking about issues and we were talking about mental health issues. And I was like, I can't help you. I, I don't have the skills and the knowledge to, to be able to walk with you through these things. And, and something stirred in me that where I wanted to say, I wanna know that. I want to be able to be that person to do that, to take discipleship to the next level essentially and get to walk with these people through mental health issues. I had a real desire to do that. And so I decided to go back to school and pursue mental health counseling. And so that's what I've been doing and I graduate in May, praise the Lord. So I'm super excited about that. And in that process is when I was looking for an internship and I kind of bugged crossings kind of a lot, um, but they, I was really interested in getting to do counseling in the church setting. And as you know, maybe you don't, but that's super unique. We offer something really, really unique to our congregants. And I was really intrigued by that. And so I was thankful enough that they took a chance on me. Um, they hired me on and took me onto the team. And I have been so blessed and so thankful to be part of that team. I have learned so much, but what I really love is that counseling is an extension of discipleship here at Crossings. 
And that is our heart. And so I just really have loved getting to do that, discipleship and mental health counseling. So one of the other, I told you I love young adults. My heart is for you guys. I love young adults. I love working with young adults. And so one of the reasons why I love this age group is because you guys are figuring out what it means to be adults just in life in general. And I know you're like, well, I turned, I was 18, I was an adult, I get it, okay. But like when you are in college, leaving the home, you're figuring out how to be an adult, how to be on your own in the context of all of these different areas, like in school, in a job, in your relationship to your parents. Like how do I have a relationship with them now that I'm out of the home? This is weird, I don't really know how to do it. Um, with friends, maybe with, with significant others, in so many areas and you really want to do that in a healthy way. And so I love to be able to walk with young adults to figure out what that is. How do we do that healthily? And I know um, one of the things that, that I really see a lot that I talk to a lot of young adults about is how to have um, me relational mental health. Remember Todd talking about all of those different pieces and all the different areas and he's, you know, one of them is social. How do we interact with each other socially and relationally in a healthy way? Because that's part of what makes up our spiritual mental health, right? And so tonight I wanna to talk about a way that we interact with each other or maybe some of the issues we find with interacting with each other and that's through boundaries. So if you haven't heard of boundaries, we're gonna talk about it tonight. We're gonna to talk about what it looks like to have healthy boundaries. Um, we're gonna talk about what they are. We're gonna talk about what they aren't. We're gonna talk about um, some of the boundary issues that we might face in ourselves and that we might see within other people. And lastly, we're gonna talk about what we get when we have healthy boundaries. Why should we have them? Are they important? And we're gonna talk about that tonight. So I wanna start um, with what are boundaries? What are boundaries? What the heck does that mean? So boundaries are invisible property lines. Invisible property lines. So in our physical world, we're really used to seeing fences and gates and walls that separate when one property ends and another begins, right? We're used to seeing that in our world. Well, we can think the same way about us physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Boundaries are knowing where I end and you begin. Where I end and another person begins. So when I know where I end and where you begin, this helps me to take responsibility for me. This helps me to be responsible for, for my property, for me. So a good question to ask and something that I often ask myself is, is what is mine to own and what is not mine to own? What is mine to own and what is yours to own? So, so a good example of this is, is think about a backyard. Now in this example, we're thinking about my backyard. You haven't been there, but it's something. So my backyard, my sweet husband goes out and he'll take the mower and he'll go out and mow and then he'll take the weed eater. And what he does is he gets right on the edge of our property and he goes all the way around with the weed eater, right? And he knows because there's a fence, there's like a small chain link fence that surrounds our backyard. And so he knows where to go. Well, my sweet husband would probably really love to hop that fence and whack at the neighbor's yard because it is a literal jungle on all three sides, like bad, overgrown, okay? But he doesn't, he doesn't. 
He stays on his property line. He takes responsibility for what is his. He doesn't take responsibility for our neighbor's yards, okay? So boundaries, they say, I take responsibility for me. I take responsibility for me. I am not responsible for you. I am not responsible for you. So I know what you're thinking, you're like, Holly, Holly, wait a second. What about like the scriptures? What about Christian teaching that says that we should love one another and serve one another, right? I hear you, I hear you. So what I mean, what I want to say, what I, I wanna make a clear distinction that we are responsible to others. We are responsible to others, to love others, to care for others, to serve others, to seek their interests, to at times carry their burden when needed. But we are only responsible for ourselves. We are only responsible for ourselves. I can't control someone else. I can only control and change and take ownership of me, right? So this means if I take ownership of me, then I am responsible for my feelings. I'm not responsible for yours. I'm responsible for my feelings, my thoughts, my choices, and my actions, and my beliefs. So, so within boundaries, what this means is that if I start taking responsibility for your feelings, or if, if you look to me to take, for me to take responsibility of your feelings, then we've crossed a boundary line. We've, we've crossed a property line, okay? So, so these property lines, these boundaries, they help us to keep the good in and the bad out. That's what they're there for to help us keep the good in and the bad out. And here, good and bad, I'm using that kind of in quotations generally, that it's health versus unhealth, okay? So, so keeping the good in and the bad out, what that means is that we can't live on the extremes of boundaries, meaning we can't have like that open yard, free for all, no boundary line, because that means that I have no ability to keep the bad out. I'm letting it all in. And on the other side, that we can't have a boundary line that's a wall. We can't have a wall that, that is so high and thick that we can't get anything through it, meaning we're not letting good in and we also have no way to let bad out. Okay? So, so what we want around our property then, the, the middle ground there, what we want around our property is a fence. We want a clear distinction of what our property is, but, but a fence allows us to, you know, kind of see over it, see who's coming, not my fence, because I'm way too short for that, but, but, but you know, you can kind of see who's, who's coming, what's approaching you, is it good or bad, right? But the other thing that we need with, with boundaries is our fence needs to have a gate. Our fence needs to have a gate because, because we have to be flexible enough they have to be permeable to where we know that we can open up to the good and close to the bad. We need to open up to the good and close to the bad. So we need to have a gate in our boundary line, in our property line. So what about God? Where does God fit into boundaries? Does God have boundaries? 
Does he care about boundaries? So let's think for a second. Let's think back to the Garden of Eden, right? Adam and Eve. God told Adam and Eve that everything was theirs to enjoy except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? So God set a limit. God set a limit. And this limit was to help keep the good in and the bad out. This limit was for the good of Adam and Eve. Now we know how that story ends. Um, So let's think bigger picture. Let's think bigger picture about God. God sets limits on what he will allow on his property. God sets limits on what he will allow on his property, which is heaven. God desires all to come to know him. We know that about God. He desires all to come to know him and be with him and dwell with him in heaven because of his great compassion and his love for his creation. But God is perfectly holy and he cannot be around sin and evil. He can't. He can't allow it onto his property. And we know that without believing in Jesus, without being washed by the blood of Jesus, we cannot get to God's property. We can't get to heaven without being washed by the blood of Jesus so that we are cleansed from that sin and we can dwell with him, right? So God has boundaries. God has boundaries. And he opens and closes his gates appropriately. And and we can really learn from him in that. So God cares, you guys, God cares about keeping the good in and the bad out. He cares and he desires for us to steward the property that he has given us really well. So what I'm not saying and what God is not saying, and I wanna be clear about it, is God is not saying that we can kick anyone we want to the curb and set boundaries and say, I'm cutting you out because I just don't like you because you're just really hard for me. We just don't mesh well. That's not what God is saying. That is not God's desire in his heart, right? That like we said, the bad here is unhealth, spiritually, emotionally, physically. It's not just that you don't like someone or they're really difficult for you. I wanna tell you something, God might be calling you to a difficult relationship. He might be calling you to endure a hard friendship or a friendship with someone that you, you don't like as much or your personalities don't clash as well, maybe to sanctify you and grow you in a way that, that you don't quite know. But what we do need to know is that hard does not always mean unhealthy. So that's, that's what boundaries aren't, right? So we talked about what they are, helping us to, dis, to make differentiation, to, to distinguish make distinctions between what is good and what is bad, what is healthy, what is unhealthy, what is ours to own and what is not ours to own. Okay, so now I wanna move and look at some unhealthy boundary issues. What does it look like to be unhealthy in this area and what happens as a result? And so you might be thinking when I say boundary issues, you kind of think of one type of person And that's the person that has that free-for-all yard, no boundaries, says yes to everything and is always burnt out. That's, yes, that's one type of person with a boundary issue, but there are more, 
Like we said with the walls, right? That's a second type of boundary issue. It's, it's not opening up enough. So, so Dr. Cloud and Dr. Townsend in their book called Boundaries, it's really great. There will be some in the back for you guys. Um, but in his book, in their book, they identify four types of boundary issues. And they're in these four quadrants. I think they're gonna put it up on the screen. Yes, awesome, they're great. Um, and so they're in these four quadrants. It's can't say no, can't hear no, can't say yes, and can't hear yes. So we're gonna talk about all four of these because I think it's important that we don't just label one type of person, the person with boundary issues, where we can see where we might fit into one of these quadrants or also knowing where someone else might fit in so that we know how to create healthy boundaries with them. But first, you guys, I really wanna talk about an example from my life and where I fall into these quadrants. So, so you can guess where I fall by me giving you these three things. I'll see if you can guess. Um, so number one, I am a firstborn. I am a people pleaser. And I'm an Enneagram two to a T. Any guesses? I heard it, compliant. Yes, thank you, thank you very much. I am the definition of a compliant. Well, I used to be. I'd like to say I'm a recovering compliant. Um, I am, I'm, I'm saved by the grace of God. So, so I'm thankful for that. But what happened was my inability to say no to the bad in my life left me in an unhealthy relationship with my mom. So my mom is an addict and she's mentally ill and she has been since I was a child and she's dealt, struggled with those things. And it was very difficult. And, and as a compliant, what happened was I kept bad in for a very long time. I didn't say no. And to be honest, I didn't know that I could. I didn't know that I could. I didn't even know that I had a choice to do anything else but to say yes. And I was stuck. I was stuck. And I let fear and guilt control that relationship. I did things out of obligation, not out of freedom, love, and service. And I wanna point out that in Matthew 9, 13, it says that God desires compassion, not sacrifice. So what I mean here is that God desires for us to be compliant, but compliant from the inside out that I feel compassion in my heart that makes me wanna act. That's compassion. On the other hand, he doesn't want us to be compliant on the outside, saying yes to a bunch of stuff, doing a lot of things, but resentful on the inside. That's sacrificial. And that's where I found myself. And so our heart and our motives have to be in the right place. Um, as a compliant, but also with any boundary issue. And we'll talk about that. We have to take responsibility and, and re, um, take care and steward our property well before crossing over to try to take care of yours. So for the compliant, what happens is there's no boundary line. And honestly, they might not even know that they need one or that they can have one. And so through understanding these things is how I found freedom. And I'm gonna talk about how we can get there. But that's a little bit about the compliant, about my walk as a recovering compliant. Um, and I wanna look now at the avoidant. So, so the avoidant 
says no to the good. Says no to the good. They don't ask for help and they don't even really recognize their own needs, okay? So when an avoidant is in need, they withdraw. They withdraw and they put up walls. That's what we were talking about earlier. They put up walls and they don't let good or bad in or out. They don't let good or bad in or out, but really they just can't hear. They can't accept yes. They can't accept the good. And they see that their own needs and, and legitimate wants and needs are bad and destructive or maybe even shameful. And so the avoidant can't um, enjoy safe relationships. They don't let themselves. So now I wanna look at the controllers right above it, the controller. So the controller can't hear no. They don't respect others' boundaries. Now the controller seeks to control others because they feel out of control of themselves. And they look to you to take responsibility for how they feel, for their choices and actions. And like I said, it's that deep down because they really don't feel out of, or they really feel out of control of themselves, but they're looking to you to take responsibility for them. And they tend to do this by means of, of fear, of guilt messages. If I can make you feel badly for saying that, for making that choice, then maybe you'll change your mind. Maybe I'll get what I want. And it does, it feels very manipulative a lot of times. And I wanna say that a relationship that is ruled by guilt and fear is not a relationship of love. A relationship ruled by guilt and fear is not a relationship of love. And that's not what God desires of us. So lastly, we'll look at the non-responsive. What this means is that the non-responsive doesn't hear the needs of others. Doesn't hear the needs of others. They are someone, like we said earlier, that when you feel responsible to others and for yourself, the non-responsive does not feel responsible to others at all. And this can happen for a couple of reasons. One, maybe they feel critical towards the needs of others, and so they ignore others' needs because really they're critical towards their own, and they are ignoring their own. And, and the second reason is maybe because they get so absorbed in their own needs that they can't, they can't see yours, and they exclude others, and they only focus on what they need. So I wanna point all of these out because not only is, import, is it important to see where I might fall here, but also you might be thinking, I don't fall in any of these. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. I'm so thankful. But that doesn't mean that you're never gonna be in a relationship with someone else that doesn't fall in one of these categories. You might find yourself in a relationship that like you just, something feels bad. Some, and I'm not talking about the, you know, I don't like this person. I'm talking about something's unhealthy, but I don't know what that is. That's a really good time to stop and think, is there a boundary issue here? And it might be that they are experienced, they're living in one of these areas and you still might have to create boundaries with that person, even though they might not be aware of these things. So it's important to know for yourself and to be aware for yourself to know how to create healthy boundaries, but also 
awareness for it when you're in relationship with others. So now I wanna look at what we get when we have healthy boundaries. What do we get? Why should we, why should we have boundaries? Why should we have boundaries? So first I wanna point out, you guys, that when you start to recognize these things, if you realize that you have boundary issues or that you're in relationship with someone with boundary issues, what can happen is when you start to create boundaries, that other person might not receive it well. You might get some pushback. Because think about it, if you have said yes to everything or you've done things a certain way and now you're changing it up, you say no, they might not like that so much. And I hear you, I hear you. And so yes, this is a potential consequence, I wanna say, of, of having healthy boundaries, but let me tell you why it is so important. Let me tell you why it is so worth it. Okay? So tonight we have talked a lot. You might have heard a theme of control. Control is a, is a theme in boundaries. And so we've talked about, you know, on the extremes, right? One hand, I am letting others control me is on one extreme. And on the other, I seek to control others. And those create boundary issues. I know those are the extremes, but I wanna look at 2 Corinthians 5, 14, and 15. 2 Corinthians 5, 14, and 15. And in summary, it says that for the love of Christ controls us. In another uh, translation, it says, for Christ's love compels us. It says in summary that Christ's love compels us, for the love of Christ controls us not to live for ourselves, but for him who for our sake died and rose again. So, that first part, y'all, for the love of Christ controls us. That's what we get. That's the benefit. That's the fruit of having healthy boundaries. This means that we are not controlled by fear. This means we're not controlled by guilt. We are not controlled by insecurity in our relationships. We are not controlled by the need to control others. We are not controlled by anything other than the love of Christ in our relationships. And we are compelled by the love of Christ to be in relationship with others. When we're right here, we can be right here too. So when, our, when our, this is our heart in our relationships, our motives are pure. When our motives are pure, and we have healthy awareness of, of some boundary issues that could come up, we can live healthily in our relationships, okay? And I wanna tell you guys that, that when we have healthy boundaries, we have freedom. Freedom. We have freedom to be confident in our identity. Freedom to not seek approval or, or seek any sort of need from someone else freedom to be confident in our identity. We also have freedom, freedom to be responsible to others, to be responsible to others. Because I am confident in my property line, I can cross over and walk with you in a healthy way because the love of Christ compels me to. And lastly, lastly, you guys, 
When we have healthy boundaries, we have freedom to enjoy safe relationships and freedom to avoid destructive ones. Freedom to enjoy safe relationships and freedom to avoid destructive ones. So I wanna ask a couple questions tonight. I want to ask you some things and, and maybe, maybe it'll prompt you to take some inventory look at, at these areas, do I fall into one of these places? Am I in relationship with someone that's in one of these places where I can create some healthy boundaries so that the love of Christ compels me, not anything else? So I wanna ask you, are you walking in freedom to enjoy safe relationships? Can you say yes? Can you open your gate? Are you walking in freedom to avoid destructive ones? Can you say no? Can you close your gate? In your relationships, are you controlled by the love of Christ? Or are you controlled by something else? Are you controlled by the love of Christ or controlled by something else? And lastly, do you have a clear property line? Do you know where you end and another person begins? And do you have awareness to know when those lines get fuzzy, when those lines are crossed? Do you have a clear property line? So I'd love, I want you guys to, to maybe go from here and to be thinking of that, but really my hope and my desire is that, that maybe right now you might not be feeling you have boundary issues. And like I said, I'm so thankful for that. But when I was your age, I needed to hear this. And it changed my life and it changed my relationships. And I'm hopeful that you take it from tonight and that maybe, maybe now it's important in your life, but maybe later it's something that you revisit and you hold on to and you know how to do well. That's my, my hope for you is that we can take it and move forward to, to be safe and healthy and enjoy safe relationships, avoiding destruct, destructive ones. So let me pray for you guys. Father, I thank you so much for this time, Lord. I praise you, Lord, for a place and a space to be able to come to talk about your word, to talk about mental health, to talk about what you would have for us and how we can be mentally healthy believers. Lord, I, I pray for everyone in this room and I ask that we would walk healthily in our relationships. And specifically, Lord, that if needed, that we would have clear and defined and healthy boundaries to know how to keep the good in and the bad out in our lives, that we know how to say yes to good things and no to destructive, unhealthy things. Lord, that we would not shut out anyone that we don't like, but Father, we would have open arms to welcome people in, but still the wisdom and the discernment and understanding to know when we need to close our gate, when we need to create different boundaries. And Lord, I know that it's different for every person in this room. I know that boundaries look different for everyone. And so Holy Spirit, I ask that you would walk with each person. I ask that you would guide them and lead them to what is healthy and best for them and their relationships, Lord. I thank you and I praise you for this time. And it's in your son's name I pray, amen.